welcome to the really useful podcast. I'm Christian Corley and joining me this week is Megan Ellis. Hi, Megan. How are you? I'm good, thanks. And you? Yeah, not bad. Thank you. Uh, we've got a few things to talk about in this week's weekly uh, tips and tricks for technophobes podcast. Uh, we're going to look at uh, Spotify Premium's uh, duo feature for couples to more or less listen to the same stuff. We're going to take a look at Apple's problem with wireless charging and alternatives. We're also going to try and uh, explain as easily as possible what an IP address is. It's a series of numbers that you often see related to uh, computers um, on networks. And we're also going to see how you can manage bookmarks if you've been collecting them for sort of 20 years or so. It's not unusual in this day and age. Okay, so uh, first off, Spotify Premium is a new um, is introducing a new feature called Premium Duo, uh, which is designed for two people who live at the same address, usually couples, but it could be flatmates, whatever, um, who can make use of Premium Duo. Uh, it basically gives you the benefits of Spotify Premium, but a discounted rate. So you also get access to a Duo mix, which uh, combines the two individuals tasting music, which would be nice if, if you're a couple. Um, it's a nice new feature from Spotify. I have to say, I don't pay for Spotify. Um, I don't have a, a premium subscription on Spotify. I use different services. I use Amazon because I have uh, a Prime subscription, so it makes sense. Well, I, I think this is quite a nice feature. It's amazing how Spotify have been able to find new things to do with their service, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. Like, I think that they're, they're very much leaning into the whole giving consumers more choice, um, which I've seen a lot of brands trying to do, like trying to find like these niche kind of uses for it, just so that there's more flexibility because people do like to be able to choose from different things that suit them better. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, if you want to find more about Spotify Duo, you can head over to Spotify. If you've got a premium account, then uh, it'll probably be activated already or you'll have you'll have a promotion for you to switch to it if not um uh and you know you can read more about this in the show notes which you'll find listed underneath this podcast in most places uh just in case you don't know you'll find us on itunes you will find us on spotify as well as well as uh, google podcasts stitcher.com and various other places and the show notes should um will feature everything that uh, Megan and I discuss in this week's really useful podcast. Uh, Megan, let's move on to Apple's wireless charging mat. Yes, finally cancelled after 18 months since the yeah. announcement. Yeah. Do you use an Apple? Are you an Android? No, I'm very much an Android person. Yeah, I thought so. Yeah, I thought so. I um, my, my wife has an iPhone after years of using an Android and then a Windows phone, and she finds the iPhone miles simpler than anything else although it might be because she also had an ipad already um i'm an android person as well i've had the uh, i've had the implants uh, but uh, what's happened is that um apple have been planning a wireless charging mat which they called air power which basically means you can put a compatible wireless charging phone or in this case smartwatch as well or tablet on the mat and you will have um, wireless charging, which isn't, although it's wireless, there is still charging taking place through uh, usually using induction technology. Um, but what's happened is 
it's failed and Apple have decided that they're not going to release this. Um, it seems primarily because of the difference in charging techniques between of wireless charging techniques, I beg your pardon, between the iPhone and the Apple Watch. Now, this is a big problem for a lot of people because wireless charging is considered by many to be the future. There are projects that combine wireless charging with wireless data. So there's the possibility of a system in the future whereby over a short range you can charge your phone or tablet and access the internet from the same with data served from the same device that's serving the induction or whatever form of wireless charging that particular device uses. What do you think of all this? It's not like Apple to do a back chat like this, is it? Yeah, it's, uh, it's especially surprising that they went ahead and they announced the product before they kind of had not perfected the technology, but before they'd like proven that they could do it. Because I know another problem was the overheating. And surely this this is something you should be able to predict because you're charging three devices through wire, like a wireless charger and you know that wireless charging can sometimes create more heat. And it just seems strange that they went and like put the cart before the horse and announced it, and they're like, "It's coming!" And then nearly two years later, they they're like, "Yeah, sorry, we couldn't get it right." Yeah, I wonder does this perhaps uh, date from that time when Apple didn't really have a lot to say, so they were just saying, "We're going to make one of these." Like two or three it years is, ago, is it? It is possible. I mean, they do tend to. Um, especially when other competitors are introducing all these things, they do tend to chime in when maybe their their audience is like, yeah, and are you doing something? So it's, it's kind of reminds me a bit, like makes me wonder about their foldable phone as well, because it's only after the announcements by Samsung and Huawei, they're like, yeah, no, we've, we've filed a patent. And that's very much different to having been like, oh yeah, it's been in development for five years now. Yeah. So it makes me question the future of like some of these things where they said like, yeah, I know, no, it's it's coming. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> when, yeah, yeah. When they still have a very vague idea, and it's also interesting in terms of the different wireless charging systems for the iPhone and Apple Watch. Like, for such a closed ecosystem um, with Apple products, it's there's like a surprising amount of incompatibility. So I know when the I think it was the iPhone 8 or the iPhone 10 when it couldn't plug into the new MacBook without a dongle and that kind of stuff. There's a, there's a surprising amount of incompatibility between devices that are like within the same year released. So maybe this has come back to bite them now with the using different wireless charging systems for the iPhone and the Apple watch. And maybe this kind of um, incompatibility, like maybe they'll realize that it's not consumer friendly and now it's actually coming and affecting their their ability to create these kind of central products that will work with everything. Yeah, I wonder if they were planning on making a portless, a completely portless phone. Mm, possibly, though. Yeah, because they've, <laughs> they've already got rid of the headset, haven't they? Um, there's no more headset port, uh, which yeah. is in, in sharp contrast. I received a press release from... Uh, uh, oh, good Lord from the company behind the Librem devices uh, yeah. a couple of days ago um, concerning the Librem 5 phone, which is going to be an, a Linux-powered phone. And one of their big selling points, they're very proud of the fact that it has a headphone jack, so it's compatible with virtually any headset. 
Mm. Which you know that that's the, that's the flip side of it, isn't it? If you got it, if you're going to keep the headphone jack, then you can listen to your music or your calls or whatever with virtually any headset. Whereas if you get rid of the jack and you just force someone to use wireless, and they're limited to a, a, a quite a narrow, comparatively narrow subset of headsets. Have you used wireless charging, Megan? Um, yeah, definitely. Um, I've used like a wireless charging power bank. Um, and now uh, we've also got a pair of the Galaxy Buds in the house that we can just charge with the S10 itself or on a wireless charging pad. Um, my, my personal, my daily driver doesn't have wireless charging, but um, I know nowadays a lot of the, the phone manufacturers are basically reintroducing it. So I've got the P20 Pro and people were a bit surprised that it didn't have wireless charging. But literally a few months later, all the new phones now have wireless charging so i definitely think consumers like it <laughs> it's yeah, yeah. very handy it's useful to be able to put your phone on a stand and it's charging at the same time and then when it comes to peripheral devices as well like being able to charge um wireless earbuds with your phone is incredibly useful like if you just need that extra little bit of juice as well um because that is a big kind of um downside of using wireless headphones and stuff because you need to keep them charged and if you run out of power um you just can't listen to music so i think yeah having that kind of thing where you can also charge multiple devices i think is incredibly useful and i definitely think people people definitely want it like the more peripherals you're introducing um People want to be able to just charge something in a central place, not have to walk around their home to their various chargers and find their different peripheral devices. Yeah, I agree. Um, wh- one of the things that surprised me most about this was um, I missed the initial announcement of the AirPower wireless charging map. So I didn't actually know Apple had one, and I've long wondered why they didn't. Now, I mentioned earlier my wife used a Windows phone until recently. Now, that Windows mm. phone had wireless charging. That was a Lumia 950. Mm. I had wireless charging and it shipped with a wireless charging mat mm. as well. And, you know, we're going back three or four years now, I think. So back when Windows Phone was still nearly a thing, mm. um, whereas, whereas now it's not ever a thing. <laughs> yeah, sure. um, so, yeah, so she had this and it had wireless charging and it worked really well. And, yeah, there was some heat. Uh, but I think the design of the mat has a lot of um, impact on the heat because i mean there's heat when you charge your phone anyway so there is going yeah. to be heat that that's a that's a buy that's a given so yeah it is it is a strange it is a strange state of affairs for apple i uh, yeah and of course if they've, they've just got the their big news which is the the apple tv um mm. update isn't it so um where they're uh, introducing a bunch of new services for apple tv um, Apple TV Plus and various uh, um, TV channels. Uh, do you use Apple TV? Um, no, I don't actually think it's available here, but I, I may be wrong. It's just that we don't have an Apple device um, in our home. It's it's much less popular here in South Africa to have um, <laughs> Apple devices. So we still have like a Chromecast and there's a lot of like Android TV boxes on the market and that kind of thing. I used um, Apple TV. It had... Um the Now TV app, which is, uh, if you don't have Sky Atlantic, that's the only way to watch Game of Thrones in the UK. 
Oh. So we, um, Kerry and I kind of, uh, we didn't watch it from the beginning. We kind of caught it from about series four or five. Uh, so obviously we, you know, totally hammered the box set <laughs> on now TV. Um, so that was, um, that was like five pound a month well spent. Let us move on, Megan. And we're going to look at IP addresses. Uh, IP address is something that you've probably heard about. Every device that's on your network has an IP address. And that IP address is typically given to the device by the router. Um, an IP address stands for Internet Protocol Address. That's what the IP stands for, Internet Protocol. And it is basically, it's like a phone number, really, or, or a or a street address, but more akin to a phone number because it is, you know, it's a device, it's a string of numbers that you can use to c- contact, communicate with another device. Um, devices do have their own built-in numbers that don't change. In case you're wondering, that's called a MAC address, but that's something completely different. Now, the thing about IP addresses is that information can be gathered about an individual via the IP address. So it's it's a useful feature, but it's it's not without its shortcomings if you're someone who's keen on privacy. Uh, is, is, is IP address security, do you think that's a thing that people should be concerned about, Megan? It's, I guess it depends on where you're located and what you're doing on the web. So I think a lot of people misunderstand the IP address that someone's going to be able to come to your home. <laughs> if they see your IP address, they'll be able to track you right to where you live if I don't know, maybe you comment something on a website that they don't like. Um, so I think there's a lot of misunderstanding about that, whereas the the most information that they can get generally is like still quite broad, your country, your ISP, and your yeah. city, but it becomes more complex when there's um, basically a legal precedent for them to go to your ISP and ask about the information related to your IP address. And that's... I mean, there's there's some people who might be downloading something illegally, um, pirating software or TV shows and stuff where they can get banned um, if their IP address is linked with that. Um, there's obviously, if you're doing illegal things online, the police can get a hold of it. But I think where it's really important is in countries where there's censorship laws. So um, that's where there's a lot to lose because something posting is something as simple as a meme that maybe a government authority doesn't like in a country that cracks down on these types of things. It's, it's dangerous to not hide your IP address. And that's, that's a big thing among um, activists and stuff, especially somewhere like China or um, I know there's, there's some Middle Eastern countries where that can be a problem. Um, some other Asian countries, that kind of thing. And, and that's where it can become quite mm. dangerous, even somewhere like um, Zimbabwe, but I know that uh, there the governments tend to just shut down entire services if they don't like what people are doing. But um, yeah, for some people who might yeah be pirating shows and stuff, they also don't want their ISP to see that because in some countries they're legally required to block you from the internet and block you from their service. Some other countries, ISPs don't care that much about it and won't send you warnings. So if you're concerned about privacy, it's it's good to hide it. Um, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I think it's it's worth considering as well. If you're maybe um, tweeting 
through a single Twitter or through Twitter, um, you're making tweets that might offend someone or whatever. I'm, I'm just using this as a vague example, and you're doing that from location A, and then you move to location B, which might be a cafe with free Wi-Fi, and you're using that as well. Then that's going to be easier to trace where you are by using those two locations rather than uh, the, the Wi-Fi. The, the address of the cafe is going to be a lot easier for the um, authorities to trace than your general ISP. Mm -hmm. uh, so, you know, as you add more locations, then you're going to be easier to trace. Mm -hmm. um, using a VPN is, is vital in this day and age, regardless of whether you want to stay safe from hackers um, taking advantage of free Wi-Fi to um, you know, sniff your data or even use the man in the middle attack, which is you go to a free cafe, uh, go to a cafe with free Wi-Fi and you connect to what you think is Wi-Fi, but it's actually a spoof router, which has been run by a hacker, controlled by a hacker, and then you send all your data via them. They've got you. Um, for, for If you want to torrent, whether it's legally or otherwise, if you want to stream uh, video from overseas, if you want to just keep your activity to yourself, and also, you know, to if you find that, is it that easy to trust apps and websites? Maybe not so much. So using uh, a VPN is vital for maybe, you know, if you're, ac if you're prone to, or if there's a chance you're going to install an unsecure or untrustworthy app, then having a VPN running is a good idea. There are so many good reasons for a VPN. Um, in terms of your actual ISP, um, what happens is um, IP addresses are apportioned in ranges, and ISPs buy ranges of IP addresses and then use those to um, apportion those out to their various users. They probably have a limited number, and what happens is sometimes your IP address at home will change, whereas the devices within your home network will probably keep the same IP address. Uh, those over um, the, your external IP address can change from time to time. So, yeah, that, that's what a dynamic IP address is basically. Whereas a static IP address is one that you can set for per device, and it will always keep the same address and you can get static ip address from your isp but it will cost you a bit extra and it'll improve their ability to um trace you back uh so yeah a bit of ip address stuff there uh it's worth knowing about the ip address most of the time you don't need to use it although mm. it is um if you don't do this already you really should go to your router turn it over find the ip address for your router make a note of the credentials, then go to your computer browser, use the IP address to access your router, and get to know how it works, get to know the settings, change the default admin password <laughs> as well. That's absolutely vital to keep your home network secure. We're going to move on to bookmarks. Favorites, internet favorites and bookmarks. I have been online since 19... 90 oh good lord i don't know <laughs> uh sometime in the late 90s 96 96 or 97 95 96 97 uh was the first time i it was before 97 it's gotta be yeah 95 96 97 the first time i used the internet unfortunately i was not on a home computer until 97 so or late 97 so i didn't start collecting bookmarks until 1997 so i've got like 22 years worth of bookmarks 
That's a lot. Yeah. Now most of those have been archived away, and I've you know I've, I I use a, a much narrower set of bookmarks these days. But it's a massive issue for a lot of people like me. <laughs> if you've been using the internet for a long time, you've got a lot of dead links in there. Mm. And especially when you carry over. Nowadays, you can just import from um, a different um, device or something. You can um, say now your Google account is synced to all your Chrome um, browsers, and you can just, when you're setting up a new device, it's like, okay, do you want to log in and import all your your bookmarks? Or even if you're setting up a new browser, it can still import from somewhere else. And then you've got all those. I don't know if you ever do this, but I have so many bookmarks that I've accidentally added. And there's some shortcut that I sometimes misclick, and I've just got a whole bunch of bookmarks that I never meant to say. <laughs> <laughs> well, what I tend to do is I tend to bookmark things on mobile, and just I just rush it. So what happens is I get all these things in my mobile bookmarks that I've, that I misplace. Mm. I think I've bookmarked them, and it never occurs to me on the desktop to click mobile bookmarks. And I do the same uh, to, to find them. But I do the same thing on the desktop, but only this is kind of the other way around. I favorite something, and it goes straight into the, the other bookmarks, the default list, rather than putting it into the place where I want it to be. So like, I'm looking at it now, and I'm finding, you know, in mobile bookmarks, I've got a recipe for arabiata sauce, which <laughs> I don't want that to be in there. I want that to be somewhere else. I've got... Another another one, Quickie's, this is all food, uh, Quickie's bread <laughs> recipe. That's just in my main bookmarks, and that shouldn't be there at all. That should be in the food one. I was looking in the food one yesterday, and I found a load of material for make use of. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, my, mine's a bit of a nightmare. Like, surprisingly, my mobile is, like, the cleanest <laughs> of them all but under bookmarks especially my bookmarks bar because i have so many bookmarks that don't all fit in the bar and i've got things from university that i saved that i have not used in years that i just oh. yeah it's, it's just sitting there and i've been too lazy to clean it up and and items i saw somewhere that i wanted to buy which the taste has changed since then and yeah i've just i've got many many bookmarks i don't use it's sometimes now, the same bookmark. <laughs> oh, that can be a pain, yeah. Uh, so, um, our uh, colleague, Ben Stegner, who's also a regular on the Release Real Podcast, has uh, compiled a list of what you need to do to manage years of browser bookmarks. Now, step one is to remove dead and duplicate bookmarks, which is um, best done with a tool called AM Deadlink. Uh, this is a Windows tool, um, which will scan all your bookmarks and let you know which ones are dead, which ones are redirected, etc., and then you can work through the list and crop out the bad stuff, the old stuff, the dead stuff. And remember, if you find that an important link is now broken, you can probably find it via the Wayback Machine, uh, which is found on the uh, archive.org website, uh, where a lot of old websites and current websites in their older guises can be found. Uh, you might, for instance, use that to see what make use of looked like 10 years ago. <laughs> Don't do that, please. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's also, uh, as, as Megan suggested, um, or highlighted, uh, syncing the bookmarks across devices is a good way to minimize the problem of losing bookmarks or, you know, getting into 
you know, accidentally creating a new set of bookmarks. Because that's, that's just going to compound the issue. If you, you know, if you're using platform A, then you move to platform B or browser A and move to browser B. And then you start, you know, using, creating new bookmarks and whatever. Then you've got this massive set of different groups of bookmarks. It's just it just gets really untidy. Uh, these days, it's a lot easier to sync bookmarks across browsers, different browsers than it was. Um, it's not perfect, but it's a lot easier than it was. Um, backing up an important bookmarks is a good idea. Uh, certainly, backing them up is a good idea. Uh, they back up to a HTML file. Now, there was a time when this wasn't so easy. I remember trying to move from Internet Explorer to Netscape, which will give you an idea of how long ago it was, and it was really difficult, even though they should have been compatible. Uh, so it wasn't, it, it didn't have good results, basically. Uh, now, there's also the option of tagging your bookmarks, uh, which, you know, I'm not entirely convinced that's perfect because if you can just compartmentalize your bookmarks, then I think that's a better option. But, you know, if you want to take time to, to tag them, then you can do that as well. In uh, in Firefox, for example, uh, you can just uh, open up your bookmark library and just uh, give each each one a tag. How do you manage your bookmarks, Megan? Um, I've started using bookmark folders for specific kinds of um, bookmarks <laughs> that I use, which which does help a bit. Um, if there's only like a set of three or something like that that I don't use, I don't need to reach immediately, but I would like to easily find when I do use them, uh, I keep them in a folder. Um, I've started going through my, my bookmarks bar um, and all the saved <laughs> bookmarks and just deleting things I don't use anymore, that I don't need anymore. Um, primarily with my bookmarks bar, um, I put things that I use on a daily basis, so sh like shortcuts to my different inboxes, different social accounts I may be using, things for work, that kind of thing. Um, I do also sometimes when just searching, for, I know once something's saved in the bookmarks, once I search it in my bar, it's really easy just to, in, in my search bar, just to come across. So there's some bookmarks that I don't see on my bookmarks bar, but I just know when I, I start typing in, it'll automatically start loading that thing, which is great. But I definitely, like, I need to improve the, <laughs> this bookmarks bar because it just, when people see it, they, they shudder. <laughs> because there there's just too much because on chrome especially control d save something as a, a bookmark so when i'm trying to copy something and i control c i often accidentally tap the d <laughs> and that has resulted in a lot of um it's just not relevant bookmarks and they aren't in my bar necessarily but they are in the when you expand them in chrome so i definitely need to go through it, delete a bunch of things. A lot of them I'll know whether they're relevant or not. Um, some of them are old stories as well for, for things I was writing, but I mean, it was years ago that I don't need anymore. <laughs> so, yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. And, yeah, and I've, I've got a lot of stuff like that as well. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't like to say, I'm actually, as I kind of uh, hinted at, I don't have my original set of favorites at the moment um so they're like in a file somewhere because i've been i've been fearful of approaching the topic of sorting out my bookmarks uh, i didn't know about this tool this uh one that we mentioned at the beginning am deadlink which i'm going to mm. use uh 
with my old my old stuff and uh, import it all into one big group. The the um the cost the thing is they're an interesting archive though bookmarks because I I know for a fact that when I visit one of my old bookmark um, export files, it's going to be full of things that reflect what I was interested in at the time. Mm. So there will be a hell of a lot of Doctor Who websites. <laughs> Whereas these days, I will only visit one or two. In those days, um, I'm going back to when you know Doctor Who wasn't on air for 16 years. So there's there's a lot of stuff that's what you know just it was it was really interesting to find out more and more and more and read more and more and more about it. Whereas these days, it's everywhere, so you don't really need to sort of like go to the effort of room keeping so many. Uh, resources. Now, there'll be open university material in there as well. So it's quite an interesting archive, looking back, a bit like having a diary and going back and <laughs> revisiting old memories. So that'll awaken a few things, no doubt. Yeah, I think sometimes we, we also tend to get sentimental <laughs> over these things. I'm trying to take, like, the Marie Kondo method, like, does it spark joy? And I'm like, no, because I don't use this anymore. But yeah. I think it's definitely useful. I know I only really started importing um, between browsers uh, maybe over the last decade or so. Um, so, yeah, there's a lot of stuff that's I don't I just don't use like I, I see there's a PDF right now in my bookmarks <laughs> I don't know why um, so I, I think it, it depends how much the clutter maybe affects you um, I don't know if it if having too many bookmarks can affect performance in any way of your browser um, I, I'm not sure I definitely know in terms of clutter it can be a problem but I'm um, Saying this, I'm the same person who has way too much on her desktop screen and like over hundreds of unread emails that read everyone else. So I'm not one to be able to preach on these things. Well, I'll tell you what, I have got, well, I've got four there that I don't want because they've been recently updated. So I'll just get rid of those. I have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen icons on my desktop. One of those is a recycle bin. And one, two, three of them are gaming distribution network services. So I probably wouldn't use those. I'd probably use the actual games themselves that are associated with them. So I have a very minimal desktop. <laughs> Me, I have to, to count mine, I have to do multiplication. So <laughs> until I'll have to count down and across and then just multiply. <laughs> so I've at least got them on one side of the screen. I always but... use mine. Um, I keep mine in a particular place as well. So I've got all the game stuff in a group. And then I've got productivity stuff in a group. Then I've got um, I've got my virtual machines in the corner. And then I've got a recycle bin in the bottom right corner. And then I, I'm one of those crazy people who has their uh, their Windows taskbar down the left-hand side rather than uh, at the bottom. I have mine in the bottom. And that's also just creating bad habits for me. <laughs> Because I'm pinning things to the taskbar, it's 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 about halfway full, um, <laughs> which is still too many things. And I notice I've got things that I don't use, like Opera browser. I don't know how it got there, but it's pinned there, and I don't actually use it past just you know investigating the VPN services. Um, so I definitely, just in general, I need, <laughs> need to do a spring cleaning overhaul of all these things. Definitely, definitely. Right. Well, we're going to wrap it up there. So 
as ever, everything that we've discussed in this week's release of podcast can be found uh, in the show notes below. You can find previous release for podcasts if you subscribe to us. Uh, you can subscribe via iTunes, Pocket Casts. Um, this may be an option as well. Stitcher, Google Podcasts, Spotify. You can listen to us a podcast on virtually any device. Uh, our listeners, I'm just dipping into our stats here. Our listeners listen on the web, listen to um, their iOS device, through an Android device, even on an Apple Watch. Um, so, you know, it's um, pretty much anything that will play a podcast will play you the really useful podcast. We are the tech podcast for technophobes, bringing you tips and tricks and deciphering the tech news to make it meaningful for you on a weekly basis. I'm Christian Corley. I've been joined this week by Megan Ellis. There'll be another really useful podcast along next week, courtesy of makeuseof.com. Until then, it's goodbye from us.